Many podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to be different and try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. This is Podcasting Experiments, and this is where we focus on different things that we can try with our podcast to make them different and hopefully better. You can check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. My name is Joshua Rivers from Podcast Guy Media, where I help people start and produce their podcast. So I'm excited today to be kicking off season number seven of Podcasting Experiments. And in this particular season, we are going to be looking at how to be able to use your podcast as a marketing tool or maybe maybe take a step back in how to use podcasting as a marketing tool. And so there are many ways that we can be able to do that. And so through this, we're going to actually look at, okay, you have a business and you want to be able to market your business and you use a podcast to be able to do that, whether that is a podcast that you host or it is a podcast that you join as a guest. And so we're going to look at several different aspects of this, as well as we're going to delve into some different monetization options or ways that you can be able to be able to profit from your podcast, which leads us into the episode that we have today. We have Dave Jackson, who has been on the podcast before a couple times before, I believe, and he is here to be able to share some things about how you can be able to profit from your podcast. And he actually has a book that just released. And so uh, we are very excited to be able to share this. It just came out. I have not actually been able to read it myself yet, but I pre-ordered it several months ago. And because of coronavirus or several delays on the publishing company side of it, but it is finally out. And so I can't wait to really delve into the book myself to be able to get all the uh, goodies and things like that, that Dave has compiled. And so he put in hours and hours and hours. I don't know how many hours of research and conversations and all of that to be able to put into this awesome book. Now, before we talk even more about the book, though, we're going to go straight over to the conversation that I had with Dave. And immediately he starts to tell us what it means to profit from your podcast. That is a great question. It really is uh, because so many people think it's about money. And one of the things I point out in the, in the book is that there are more than one way. I mean, that's one way of profiting, but I had somebody uh, I spoke to last week and they were saying how, when they started, they were super introverted and it took them years to kind of get their stuff going. And now they're actually doing their podcasts via live stream and, and they've got more confidence. So that's not money. You can't spend that at the grocery store, but that's a way that they are, you know, profiting from their podcast. There's also growing your network. There's, you know, getting the message out there, or even if it's just, if you're doing kind of a, a cause cast, I think is what somebody was calling them where, you know, you're trying to help uh, educate people on sex trafficking and somebody goes, wow, I didn't know that. Or, I, I will have to help this and I want to get involved in things like that. So there are all sorts of ways to to profit. This is primarily focused on making money with your podcast because, well, that's kind of what, that seems to be a little more of interest than the other ones, but there are many ways to to profit from your podcast. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was hoping you were going to go. And so, cause, and, yeah. and I know you enough to where to know that's what you would say. So as people, podcasters are looking at trying to create a profit. And of course, a lot of people equate money with that, but what have you experienced as far as like the most common question that podcasters ask when it comes to creating a profit for their podcast? Yeah, I always get the, how do I get a sponsor? And I believe that comes from radio. We're used to hearing audio, which is radio, if we actually listen to it. And of course, every whatever, 10, 15 minutes, here comes another ad. So I think most people jump on the, how do I get a sponsor thing? And that's fine. You can get sponsors for your show. It's just not the best way to monetize your podcast. The best way is if you can find something that your audience needs, whether that's a product or a service or coaching or a book or whatever it is. But when you sell your own stuff, you're going to make more money than via some sort of ad. Ads kind of run all over the place from next to nothing, like $10 for 1,000 downloads. And there's actually even worse than that. Now, all the way up to maybe $50 per 1,000 downloads. But the bad news is most people have, you know, 150 downloads per episode. So when you take that and you go, oh, wow, that means I made $1.50 this episode. It just, it's kind of hard to do anything with that. I know there are companies that will say, we will help you make money from day one. And that's through a type of advertising called dynamic. And this is where you get the the Geico's and the Home Depot's and things like that, these big companies. And they will pay you, and I'm not making this up, 0.00. Now, the last time I checked, that was zero, but 0.0017 cents per download. So if I multiply that, let's say I had 300 downloads for the episode, that's 51 cents. And so, yep, you're making money from day one, but you know, if you do a weekly show, that means you might actually be up near $2 by the end of the month. And that is just <laughs> something that for me, at least, and it's just my opinion, I have to go, was it worth putting ads in front of my audience that maybe didn't fit for $2? And I was just like, mm, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that always drives me nuts when I, what we get stuff. I've listened to some podcasts where that's like what they've done. The ad doesn't fit. It doesn't. Yeah. And not a good li listener experience for sure. Yeah. So as we explore this idea, so basically having your podcast as a marketing arm, then for your service, your product, whatever it is, how do you be able to create a podcast then that is not just an infomercial that there people are listen to? Yeah, you're on the right track. I always tell people, your podcast is not a business. You usually don't make money from selling the MP3 file. It's your business card. And so there are a couple of things you can do. It, it always goes back to the, the two questions I usually ask people is, why are you starting a podcast? And then who are you talking to? And then the fun part is, what are you going to talk about that's going to hold their attention, that's going to move people towards your goal. So it kind of comes back to why are you doing this? And if it's like, well, I want to be seen as an expert in my field. Well, then you might go out and do some quick research and find out what are the most common questions that are asked about your industry and answer those. And now you position yourself as an expert. You can interview 
other people in your industry if you're trying to grow your network. And I get that a lot. Should I do a solo show or should I do an interview show? And my answer is both because of just what I said. When you do a solo show, you get a chance to kind of show how much you know and you grow your influence. When you do an interview show, you're growing your network. And so it doesn't have to be this giant, this Sunday I am doing, you know, it doesn't have to be this big over the top, you know, sham wow commercial. Look at this. Wow. But wait, there's more. It could be as simple as I, I had a friend of mine and I love her to death. I won't say who it was, but she had a podcast and I'd listened to every episode. And so I asked her the one day I go, how's the podcast going? And she goes, you know, I'm just not getting any speaking like leads. Nobody's asking me to speak anywhere. And I go, wait, you speak? And she goes, yeah, I just, I just spoke at a high school this week. I was talking to kids about such and such. And I was like, well, I've listened to every episode. I've never heard you mention that you're available for speaking. And some people do this because they're like, oh, I don't want to be all salesy and things like that. And I'm like, no, I go, you have to at least mention it. And if you want to do it without kind of doing a giant sales pitch, it could be as simple as, you know, today on, on today's episode, I was speaking at a high school last week and I was talking to some kids and one of them asked me this question and I thought that would be a great, you know, topic for a podcast. That's it. There's your sales pitch. And now people know that you're available to speak to high school kids. So it doesn't always have to be a 30 second mid-roll ad where you talk about how wonderful you are and how you can save people time and money and things like that. So, but you do have to tell people, you have to let people know what's available. Mm -hmm. Telling them, but not like over telling or basically. Yeah. What some people do too, is they will tell you, I've heard this saying, I will tell you what to do for free. I will show you how to do it for a fee. So a lot of times I may say, be really careful if you do anything with your podcast RSS feed, because if you redirect your feed in the wrong direction, you lose your audience. And so I'm telling people kind of what to do and, and how to avoid that. But if somebody goes, how do you actually redirect it from this media host to this other media host? I'm like, well, if you click on this link, you can schedule a consulting time and we can actually walk through that via a Zoom meeting. So there, it's one of those, that's another thing I kind of do depending on what it is and how hard it is to do it and things of that nature. But I've heard that in different circles. You tell what to do for free. You tell how to do it for, or, um, for a fee. Yeah. So you focus on the what and then sell the how. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, excellent. So, so then if with all the different ways that podcasters could potentially make money or grow their influence or, and I guess it probably would depend on what their goal is. So that, that's maybe a and, weird preference. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> but, what their topic is like for me, yeah. when somebody's doing a show and it's inspirational stories meant to, to lift you up and inspire you to take on the day. And I'm like, it's not like a running show where you go, Hey, buy these shoes. I love them because there's no like inspirational shoe. There's nothing, there's not a product. There's not a physical thing to do that. And so that's where I might look at the person and go, why are you doing this podcast? And if they're like, I just want to help people and this and that, then it might be you want to look at coaching or in some cases, if it just doesn't fit anything, that's where things like crowdfunding and Patreon and things like that can go hand in hand because you'll have those people that uh, want to support you. They want to keep you going. 
And either, you know, there's always donations via PayPal and things like that. But in some cases, that's where a Patreon or some sort of crowdfunding can come into play when a product just doesn't fit and there are no services, there is no coaching. It's like, well, here's another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so where, where I was going with that and, and understanding that there could be a variation depending on all those pieces there. But if there was only one thing that a podcaster could do to be able to create profit, what would be the most important thing that you would recommend? Start an email list, hands down. Because what you're trying to do is no matter what it is, whether it's uh, you know a crowdfunding link or your new book or a link to schedule consulting, you have to get them to click on something. And when they're on the treadmill and you're saying, schedule a session with me now, it's they're going, oh yeah, I need to do that when I get back home or whatever. Whereas if you have an email list and that's where you get into things like lead magnets and things of that nature, uh, if they're actually opening your email and that goes back to, of course, delivering value, you want to deliver value so they open it, but now they're one click away from actually doing what you want them to do. So that's the great news of podcasting is you can really build your influence and they just love you and they think you're great. But the bad news is, you know, they're in the car. And when you like click on this and order now, they're like, oh, I'll do that when I get home. Whereas if you can get them on your email list, now you've got your seriously one click away. And what I did for lead magnets, and I forget where I read this, but I was like, that's worth a shot, is I went into my analytics in Google to see what are the top pages on my website. And so one of them was how to take phone calls on a podcast, which right now is really outdated because I was coming up with ideas to eliminate blog talk radio. And now I wouldn't say take phone calls. I would say, well, just do a Facebook Live or use StreamYard or something like that. But that was a really popular website on my uh, particular school of podcasting site. So I made a kind of a PDF that summarized that with some links. And I just put, hey, would you like a reference sheet for this post, click here to sign up. And I was amazed at how many people signed up to have a PDF of something that was already there on a website. But that's how I determined what to turn into lead magnets was, well, what's the most popular stuff on my website? Let's start there. Yeah. And you mentioned there about the the fact that a lot of people that, that might be listening in the car or whatever they're out and about. And there's the the, the lead digits or whatever similar service where it's like here text school of podcasting to 444-2782 or whatever and right text sop to 31996 which is what i use and i never say okay. that i forget to say it <laughs> so have you either personally or through whatever other connections i mean have you seen effectiveness with using those i have to be able to try to grow what i do with that and I use a, a company called Slick Text, and it's meant to where you could do actual marketing via text. And I don't know about you, I hate that. I do not want to be marketed on my phone. So all I use Slick Text for is if you text SOP to 31996, you'll get an automated message from me that says, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Click here to subscribe in Android. Click here to subscribe in Apple. That's it. And then I thought maybe when my book comes out, I might send out an actual text message to those that have signed up. What The biggest reason why I got that is pre-COVID, 
I was doing a lot of speaking. I would go to different places and I always had that on the first screen. So when people were walking in before I start talking, there was always a thing at the bottom, you know, follow me on Apple or Android, just text SOP to 31996. And then at the end, that would be on the last screen. And I would actually usually mention that. And I would get home and have you know, a handful of people. It wasn't a huge number of people that would do that, but enough to where it made it worth it. And it's funny as I say that, I really should start saying that more in my podcast. And for whatever reason, I always forget, but it is something that uh, it's in my uh, signature. So I see probably a couple a month come in from my email signature that somebody goes, wait, what the heck is that? And then they take out their phone and try it. So the it's one of those things that it's a little, I, I kind of had to go, hmm, do I really want to do this? Because if you put it in your podcast, that kind of means you're married to that company because otherwise you're going to send people you know, five years from now, they're texting SOP to 31996 and they get this, like nothing happens maybe. I don't know what would happen if I quit. So that's the only thing that I was kind of hesitant about. I'm like, mm, if I do this, I'm kind of stuck with either A, I go in and edit that out later, which I'm not going to do, or B, I will just keep paying these people. In my case, I think it's 15 bucks a month forever. And I was like, well, we'll see what it does. And I tried their their trial and then went and did a speaking gig and had a handful of people sign up from that and was like, okay, this seems to be worth it. So I've been with it ever since. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So it seems like then the business to get into is be able to get people to mention your product in their podcast. That way <laughs> you got kind of stuck in there. So that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, well, excellent. Excellent, man. My mind goes to all kinds of different things that we could be able to try to do and talking about the email list, being able to grow your audience, you're going to get some subscribers. I know that this is probably a question that comes up multiple times a day in different podcasting groups. What would be some of the top ways that someone could be able to grow their audience so that they actually have people to be able to market to as they're doing their podcast? The number one way that people grow their audience, according to Jacobs media, 70% of people that find a podcast find it through word of mouth. So I remember when Serial came out uh, years ago, I think after the fourth person said, have you heard Serial yet? That I was like, okay, I got to go find out what this is because I just heard so many people talking about it. So that's step number one. It has to be good. And I'm not sure as podcasters, we're up for actually getting honest feedback on is my show good or not, but uh, we put it out there. But then it's a matter of you know, if you can get on other podcasts as either a guest or things like that, uh, or have other people on your show, maybe just to build that network. I already mentioned your email list, have a link in your email list. That's like low hanging fruit. And I actually, uh, for a while had a, a signature in my list and I could track how many people clicked on my website. And again, you're kind of amazed. You're like, wow, there are a lot of people clicking on that because they're going through your email, and especially if you wrote something that was maybe a little long, and they're like, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. Hold on. Let me just click his website. And off they would go. So there's that. Make sure that you have links to subscribe to your show on your website. The last thing you want to say is find my show wherever. Find podcasts are sold, even though they're not sold. They're free. But when you <laughs> say that, Apple uh, podcast search, pretty horrendous. Spotify, pretty horrendous. I do a show pod called the Podcast Rodeo Show, and I can type in Podcast Rodeo Show. And for the longest time, it did not come up. 
I got shows about rodeos and I got, because everybody has the word podcast. A lot of people do that. It's the Dave Jackson podcast, which is really not needed if you think about it. I don't say I'm Mm -hmm. watching, you know, Rescue 911 TV show. And we just say I'm watching Rescue 911 or whatever the TV show is that you're watching. I'm watching This Is Us. I don't say I'm watching This Is Us TV show. So I don't know why Mm -hmm. we have to add the word podcast at the end of our name because you are then ranking against every other show that has the word podcast in it. I took the word the out of my name. It used to be the school of podcasting, but I was then ranking against every other show that had the word the in it. So I took out all that. So uh, you don't want to say, find me in a, you know, whatever app, put those links on your website and it makes it super easy. I see a lot of people use things like Linktree or Instagram because on Instagram, you can only have one link. And so they'll, build this link tree and it's got links to their show and links to their email. I'm like, you can do that on your website. And instead of reinforcing somebody else's brand, nothing against link tree, but I've got a website. I'd like people to get used to it. Why not make a page like that on your own website? You always want to be reinforcing your brand. So, you know, that's another way, make sure people can subscribe. And then obviously all the social media stuff, you want to let people know that it's out there. It's not enough to just put it out there. And it really does, In the end, it boils down to this. You have to know who your audience is and then go where they are. And I realize right now we're kind of locked inside. So that might be someplace online. But when we could go places, I would go to different events. I would go, like I went to a um, LinkedIn event at a library. Why? Because LinkedIn, people are trying to grow their network. Well, a great way to grow your network is through podcasting. So it wasn't like a podcast thing, but it was something, you know, I've gone to events for authors that are trying to to grow their listeners or their, their readers. So figure out who your audience is and then go where they are. And then the step that people want to skip, because we're in a hurry and we just want to get to the good stuff. And that is you want to make friends with those people because the next step is tell them about your show. And if you skip making friends with them and you just walk in and like, hey, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. You should start a podcast. They're like, who is this guy? And all he does, yeah, I don't even know this person. It's like right now, it drives me nuts when I go to LinkedIn and somebody has requested to connect and I look at them and I'm like, oh, they're kind of in media. Sure, why not? And I'll click on it. And the minute I say connect, I get an instant robot pop up. Hey, Dave buy my whatever, let's connect, buy my coat. And I'm like, I just met you and you're asking me to spend money. So you have to make friends with people. And then if you know, if you have a couple conversations and in their head, they're like, oh, this, this person seems to know what they're talking about. And you, they ask you a question. You're like, you know what? I just did an episode about this on my podcast. And they go, oh, you have a podcast? Well, now they want to go check out your podcast because you brought value in the conversation. And a lot of times that's what kind of all podcast promotion boils down to is knowing who your audience is, give them what they want, and then tell them where they can find your podcast. Okay. So, so one thing I'm kind of interested in, maybe not for myself, but in knowing a little bit more is you mentioned in there a little earlier in that strain that podcasts are free, but there are some people that are charging for podcasts. Do you know of any that, that are like that? And it comes back to supply and demand. So I know of one, and he's a friend of mine, John Lee Dumas, at least I heard, I don't know if he still is, but he was charging a lot of money to be on his show. Now, why can John do that? Because John has a very popular show and John was getting bombarded with people going, can I be on your show? Can I be on your show? So in the same way, one of my backgrounds is music. I used to be a musician. I played in bands 
And I would play at maybe a bar and a bar would have a cover charge. And it might be something like five bucks. And the reason they did that is somebody who's willing to pay $5 just to get in the door probably has disposable money enough to come in and buy more drinks and food. So it's a way to make sure that your bar, which has some sort of seating capacity, has your target audience, the people that have money in there. And so John was doing this, I think, as a way to kind of separate, for lack of a better phrase, the men from the boys. It's like, look, if you want on my show, here's the entrance fee right here and you have to pay that. So I kind of get why John would do that. What I don't get is when people start off and they don't have an audience, so there's no demand to be on your show because people are willing to spend money to get in front of John's audience and you don't have an audience or you don't have an audience that big. The other thing that makes me very worried about this is let's say you start deciding, okay, if you want to be on my show, it's $300 an episode. And so that's, you do a weekly show, that's $1,200 a month. You're like, hey, wow, that's the house payment. That's awesome. Great. And so you start doing this. And then all of a sudden you notice that nobody either, A, they're, if they're trying to get on your show, your show is about NASCAR, but you have somebody who wants to talk about jazz music and somebody who wants to talk about knitting and somebody, and you start letting people that don't really bring value to your audience. But on the other hand, all that extra money is now being spent. I don't know about you. Anytime I ever have extra money, if I had a car payment that I no longer have to do, or I paid off a credit card, it always seems that extra money somehow finds a way to get spent on something else. And now that extra 1200 bucks, you've got to have because you went ahead and got the kid braces and you got a new house or whatever's going on. And you now need that money. So you kind of don't have the ability to say no to people because it's $1,200. And so that's another thing that I worry about is that you might end up letting people on your show that don't deliver value. And if you don't deliver value, then your audience is going to go down. Well, if the audience goes down, then the demand to be on your show is going to go down. And then the last thing is the FTC. And that is where if you are a some sort of big social person on YouTube or I don't know, Kim Kardashian or whatever, and you hold up a can of something and go, this is my favorite. And if you're getting paid to do that, you have to disclose, I'm getting paid to hold up this can and say, this is my favorite. And I'm not sure everybody who is doing this is aware that if you say, hey, today's show, we're going to talk about Fred's Bank. Joining me is Fred from Fred's Bank. You have to disclose that Fred paid you money to get in front of your microphone to then get in front of your audience Otherwise, you might actually be getting in hot water with the FTC. And so you have to be careful with that. So just for me, when somebody comes on my show that's a guest, they are already paying me A, with their time and B, with their content. They're giving me some sort of expertise or knowledge that either I don't have or I want a different perspective or things like that. So I am more than getting paid for that. And that's just my opinion. That's how I feel about it. I don't really expect my guests to promote the show. I always make it easy. That's another way that you can grow your audience. I don't just say, hey, your episode's live. I go, hey, your episode's live. Here's an image to share it. Here's the link. Here's the link to the MP3 if you need it. I try to make it super easy when I have a guest. But that's my thought on the whole getting paid for that. And uh, I guess I could summarize it as it's a slippery slope, in my opinion. Yeah. You said FTC, that's Federal Trade Commission for those who may not have caught that. But yeah, yeah. And so I want to make sure that we have an opportunity for people to get a lot more of this. If they're looking to 
profit from their podcast, there is a book called Profit from Your Podcast. Very easily titled. You want to guess the website? <laughs> I, I could probably take a shot. Profitfromyourpodcast.com. Look at you. You are a genius, Ooh. my friend. Ding. Man, I need to get a little buzzer <laughs> thing going on here, a little bell. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I know it's found on Amazon. Is that going to be uh, available anywhere else? Right now, it's just, well, you know, that's, here's the fun part. This is the first time I've worked with a publisher. So they actually approached me. I originally wrote this book years ago before there was a Patreon. It was called More Podcast Money. And I realized it was getting a little old in the tooth and it needed rewritten. And about that time, I had this uh, publisher approach me and said, hey, here's who we are. We published through Simon & Schuster. Would you be interested in writing a book about podcast monetization? And I was like, well, it's funny you ask. I was just getting ready to do that. And so I honestly don't know. They say it's going to be on bookshelves. They're like, oh yeah, you'll be at Barnes & Noble or Books a Million and blah, blah, blah. So, and for me, the, uh, as most podcasters, you have that imposter syndrome in the back of your head. And I'm like, really me? It, It books a million? I'm like, nah, that's just, that can't be true. So, my guess is it's going to be everywhere where fine books are sold. Yeah. So you can look for profit from your podcast, proven strategies to turn listeners into a livelihood written by the Dave Jackson. So <laughs> very good. And so, <laughs> yeah, if you have imposter syndrome, then none of the rest of us have any hope for <laughs> sure. So well, there's always, there's always a little in there. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for taking your time and sharing all these things with us. I know that we're just scratching the surface on a lot of these things. And so I'm going to make sure to have a link to that book, first of all, but then also for uh, School of Podcasting. You have an awesome course that you put together or a, whatever, a whole group of courses on how to be able to podcast. I'll make sure to have a link to that as well in the show notes and that'll be an affiliate link actually i'm a part of the school of podcasting and have been since like 2013 or something like that so anyway i highly recommend being able to do that so thank you sir i appreciate that yeah absolutely and so definitely want to be able to help people be able to get going on their podcast in the right way that's kind of a riff off of what you say so (laughs) I have that same goal. And so and even though I do help people myself, the resources that you have are a lot better probably <laughs> than some of the resources I have easily available if someone wants to try to piece it together themselves and all that. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, my mission now is I, I want to avoid people like that first time listener like, oh, I'm going to try a podcast and they search in some app, they find it and they hit play and it's just horrible and they go podcasting stinks and I'm like I want to avoid that's like my new mission to avoid people going ugh when they press a podcast button but yeah. thank you for your time I'm, I'm so glad you had me on thanks so much all right as we wrap up the episode for this week I wanted to come back on and just remind you that all season we're going to be talking about how to be able to use podcasting as a marketing tool for your business, whether that is you as a podcast host with your own podcast, or if it is for using podcasting as a guest and you're joining other people on their podcast or both. Both is definitely a good option as well. Very good strategy that people use doing both having their own podcast as well as being a guest on others. And so looking forward to being able to bring you even more information and In fact, next week, I'm going to be talking with Tammy Guler-Loeb, 
who actually is a client of mine, but she has been using podcasting for a couple of years now and approaching episode number 100. And so very excited to be able to share her story, her strategies and the things that she's doing to be able to use podcasting as a marketing tool for her coaching business. She's a career coach and very excited to be able to share that uh, conversation with you. And so make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss it. And we'll see you on the very next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcasting Experiments. If you found this episode helpful, share it with someone you think would also benefit. Together, let's help raise the bar for podcasting. Check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. Do you want to take your podcast to the next level, but just don't have the time to make it happen? Is your time stretched to the max, struggling just to get your next podcast episode out? Do you need help just getting started? Podcast Guy Media can offer the solution to both recover your time and improve your podcast. Go to podcastguymedia.com and find out how.